You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Here till midnight at 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter, huh? At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We've been talking a lot about the Jet and Giant games today because that's what we normally do on The Drive. We focus in on a lot of NFL football. We had to sprinkle in a couple of uh, Knicks uh, situations because they played tonight right before us here on 98.7 ESPN. The game that... You know, Alan Hahn tweeted, and he's absolutely right. You can hear what Alan has to say between noon and three, along with Bart Scott tomorrow right here on 98.7 ESPN. And he's right. This was, a, this was a needed win for the Knicks. I mean, they had a losing streak at the Garden. They have – I hate to sound like get off my lawn. But when the Knicks are good, they dominated home. And – they haven't dominated at home in a while. Maybe because they haven't been good. <laughs> but, I mean, for them to have a losing streak at the Garden is just its just not good. And the other issue is it, it's how they've played. I mean, you go back to that game yesterday, as I mentioned, against Detroit. And, and, I mean, against uh, Dallas. And once again, I'm not killing them. They won the game. Okay, I know I'm talking like they lost the game. I know they played, they did not play great. They found a way to win against a Cleveland team who couldn't shoot well tonight. And you have nights like that in the in the league. So I'm happy that they were able to find a way to win. I am. As a Knicks fan, listen, I'll take all the wins I can get. Against a Cleveland team that's better than my Knicks team, I, you know, they're better. I'll, I'll take the win. I got no problem with it. But it's just when you look at it and you look at the, the team and you were waiting for there to be some time because you've got new players, you've got new guys, you, there's, there's time to build chemistry, there's time that you're trying to get things done, there's, there's time that you're trying to see how the players fit together. And I know that, you know, o- over his career, R.J. Barrett's had slow starts, but not like this. He's not playing well. He's had a couple of games where he's played well, but he's not playing well. And he's forcing the issue. And so, uh, you know, you, you look at those situations and, and, you know, this is a guy, he's one of your better players that you gave money to, that you want to build. He's one of your franchise guys that you're trying to build around. He's got to play better than he's playing. He just has to. Julius Randle's been good. He's been better than he was last year. Jalen Brunson's been excellent. Maybe a couple of bad games here and there. Nobody's perfect, but he's been he's been the bright spot. I mean, I hate to think where this team would be without him. Okay, I do. He's been excellent. But it's the little things that, that are just not getting done with this team, and, and it's frustrating to watch. It just is. It's frustrating. I mean the things that you look for, like the, the the closeouts and the things defensively, and they just they they just they. Eh, eh. And listen, there was no illusion. There was no as a Nick fan, you weren't sitting back like, "Oh, we got it." Oh man, this is it now, baby. <laughs> look out, Eastern Conference, here we come. Rex Ryan used to always say about the young player, "He's coming." Nobody was saying that to Nick. You look at this roster, nobody's saying, we're coming. (laughs) Nobody's saying that. Nobody. And ultimately, 
that's the situation, right? That's the issue with this team. It's still not a lot of talent. Where would you rank your top guys on this team? If you're telling me that Julius Randle's a top guy, and here's your top three guys on this team talent-wise, okay? It's Randle, Brunson, and Barrett. Not in any order, but those are your three top guys. Are they in the upper half of the league? Are they in the top? Are they? Is any one of those three a top 25 player? Top 30? Top 35? So how would you win? I mean, look at L.A. You've got LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they're struggling. And in theory, those two are more talented than anybody on your roster. I'm just saying. On paper, they're more talented than anybody on your roster. Those two guys. You have no two guys on your roster that are better than LeBron James, even at his age, even at his advanced age. You have nobody better on your roster than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And they are struggling. (laughs) So what does that say about your team? Still need more talent. Still need more talent. And yeah, it's easy to talk about changing the head coach, and I get it. It's easy to do that. It's easy because it's easier to change him than to change a whole team. But if you change him, who are you changing him for? If you're moving on from him, what are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to? Dallas has put this away. Another interception for them. Another turnover. They're, they lead 40-19, and this one is done. With just under nine minutes left. So if you if if who 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 are you bringing in to say okay let's turn this thing around and what are you doing with it? I don't know. That's the question. I don't know. You know, there's there's folks that get paid a whole lot more than I do to figure that out over there at the over there on Penn Plaza, on the west side. On the upper levels of the garden. Much more. And, and that's that's their concern. That's what you have to find out. That's what you need to figure out to move this team forward. And, you know, listen. Am I going to turn away a playoff year? Absolutely not. Am I going to give back a playoff year? No. That was that year. Thibodeau's first year. Was... As a Knicks fan who hadn't made the postseason, as a Knicks fan who'd been looking at win totals that began with a two, and in one year, a one, I mean, I was ecstatic. I was happy to be relevant, happy to have playoff basketball at the Garden again. It was great. It was tremendous. But they haven't built on it. It's gone backwards. 
it makes you wonder if they hadn't made it, how different would this team look? Would this be the same team? Would you? Would Julius Randle still be here? And once again, I'm just throwing names. Out. I'm not saying that he's good or bad. Okay, I'm just throwing names out. How differently would this team be? Would he still be here? What would they have done? I, I just, I just, it's just really frustrating right now. I just, I'm, I'm looking for something to build on. And I thought I had it, and it looks like I don't. And it's discouraging. It just is. ESPN New York presents an evening with New York Yankee manager Aaron Boone, hosted by our Michael Kay, this Thursday, December 8th. This intimate dinner event is your chance to meet the Yankee skipper Aaron Boone and hear him discuss this past season and future Bronx Bombers. For your chance to score a pair of passes to this exclusive event, download the free ESPN New York app now. Scroll down to contest and submit your entry. It's brought to you by our friends at Jack Pocket. Download the Jack Pocket app and get your first Mega Million or Powerball ticket free using code ESPN. You must be 18 or older to play. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Visit JackPocket. Visit jackpocket.com slash TOS for full terms of service. We'll continue the conversation with you next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Open season right now. <laughs> okay, it's open season. Uh, there was some talk about the – he. there was a – possible uh, a possible deal out rumor that the Mets were looking at offering Verlander 80 plus million for two years 86 million for two years once again please just 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 toss out there doesn't mean a thing because it's Twitter and Twitter right now is like yeah okay sure you can't believe anything can't believe anything. <laughs> but it is interesting. It is interesting. Jeremy's in Jersey. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on, Larry? How are you? Great. Thank you, sir. What's happening? Good, good. So uh, just a couple points about the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. So really their their issues, I think, are, are very simple. You kind of alluded to it. So number one, can't make the three. Number two, can't defend the three. Um, you know, the, the three-point ball now is – you know, it's similar to the home run ball in baseball, similar to the home run play in football. If you don't have that, you can't compete. It's that simple. You're you're losing a point almost every possession. So that has to be addressed. Um, number two, you know, I, I've been in Knicks for a while, so I understand the pain. But the difference with this team and the way the front office is set up, excuse me, is you know, if they go through this season and it's a poor season, the way it's looking like it is, um, mm-hmm. we do have maneuverability and some flexibility really for the first time, right? So typically when we have these seasons, we can't really go anywhere. We're handcuffed. Mm -hmm. But we do have flexibility. We have draft picks. Um, People are inquiring about, you know, your quicklies, your um, your Barrett's, et cetera. So we do have options. Um, The key is going to be if the front office makes those moves. But, you know, I just want to say Knicks fans, don't jump off the ledge yet. This isn't similar to what we've seen in the past. We do have a way to get out of this and to reconstruct this roster if need be. 
I hear what you're saying, Jeremy. Thanks for the phone call. You're right, in theory. But the question becomes, how does the rest of the league look at your talent? How does the rest of the league look at your talent? And I'm just curious. Okay, just curious. I'm not saying whether I wanted, um, you know, Mitchell or not. But I'm just curious. All the folks that the Knicks offered could not bring you Donovan Mitchell? I mean, they offered you, they, they had, Knicks have draft choices like forever. <laughs> and players. And I'm not saying that Donovan Mitchell would have come here and made you an instant contender. I'm not saying that. But it, it, it does say what the league looks at, how the league views your talent. That's what it says. All right? Now, a couple of weeks, Cam Reddish was playing. Now Cam Reddish is out of the rotation again. Evan Fournier is, is, is a visitor. <laughs> He's a rumor. Okay, so uh, Grimes potentially they they love him. They love what he brings defensively. They love his ability to shoot the basketball. Realistically, what are these guys? Don't tell me it's another touchdown. What are the what what are these guys worth to other teams? Sack fumble recovery, another touchdown. This is oh, it's a tough night for Jeff Saturday. 53-19. Extra point coming up. Let's look at the next schedule the next couple days. Okay. Wednesday, they host Atlanta. Tough game. Friday, they're at Charlotte. Sunday, they host Sacramento. A Sacramento team that's probably, they, they haven't been this good Maybe since Chris Webber was there, they're off to a hot start. They've like twelve and something. They they they've played well. They played very well. Then they go on a road trip. Then they 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 got at Chicago at Chicago twice. One of those should be here. Uh, so look, Atlanta, Charlotte, Sacramento, Chicago, Chicago, Indiana, Golden State, Toronto, Chicago. And that takes you up to Philadelphia Christmas Day. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Over those ten games, Atlanta, Sacramento, Chicago, Chicago, Indiana, Golden State, Toronto, Chicago, Philadelphia. Do you see them going five and five? Are they beating Golden State? Are they beating Toronto? Even without Siakam, who's been hurt? Are they beating Philly? Are they beating Sacramento, who's playing one of the hottest teams out west right now? Then after the Philly game on Christmas Day, they've got the Texas three-step, Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. And that takes them up to New Year's Eve. Houston is New Year's Eve in Houston. So they've got 
13 games for the rest of this of this year. 2022, they've got 13 games. Can they win six? Can they go six and seven in those 13 games? I don't know. I don't know. Vern is in Freeport. What's up, Vern? Hey, Larry. First time getting it through to talk to you, brother. I, I love your work. But real quick, Larry, the Knicks are a mess. Lifelong Knicks fan, Jet fan, Yankee fan, but the Knicks are a mess. And no one really talks about what I want to hear people talk about is the front offense. I want to talk about why Leon Rose and World Wide West haven't done the job they were brought here to do. Where's the free agents? Where's the A-plus-plus free agents who, who were clients of these guys that were supposed to be dying to get to New York? Where are they, Larry? There's nothing here. And if Julius Randle is your number one option, you're not good. You're not good as a team. He should be a number three on a good team, on a playoff contending team who consistently makes the playoffs. And pretty much I'm sad to say, I I mean, I I would like to see R.J. progress. I would like to see him grow into something. He's only 21 years old, whatever the case is. So, you mean, you give him some time. But at this particular time, he's he's Julius Randle. He's a number three option on a good team. I appreciate Jalen Brunson coming in, being a floor general, but he can't make them consistently shoot the ball better. And defensively, other than Mitchell Robinson, I mean, Quentin Grimes, okay, we'll see. But we don't have any good perimeter wing defenders. What was Evan Fournier paid for? You paid Julius Randle. You paid Evan Fournier. $72 million? For, 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 for Fournier to sit on the bench and do nothing, wave pom-poms and clap when other people make shots? This is all on Leon Rose, World Wide West. These are their picks. And then they want to talk about getting rid of Thibodeau. Why? You brought him in. So even if you fire Tibbs, everybody get rid of Tibbs, get rid of Tibbs. They brought him in. They're, it's, he's their hire. And if they wanted rookies to play, Larry, if they wanted, you should have hired Kenny Atkinson. You know what you were getting with Tibbs. Yes. He's going to play the veterans, and he's going to try to win now. Mm-hmm. You're right, Vernon. Everything you said is right. Thanks for the phone call. Tom Thibodeau was brought in because the Knicks needed some credibility. Team has been awful. They've been awful. And his first year, he got them into the postseason, which is great. The problem has been that that following season, the adjustments, and Vernon's right, and we've talked about it a lot. Evan Fournier, it's not done, it's not worked. It's not good. It's not been good. It's been um it's been rough. It's it's not been the positive situation that Nick fans thought it was gonna be. We'll continue the conversation with you. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. It's the drive on ninety eight seven ESPN. You're listening to the drive with Larry Hardesty on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It was brutal. It was brutal. And the Knicks are still paying. That, with the fact that they have, uh, you know, 
some drafts that haven't worked out for them. Frank Nilakina also on that Dallas team. Christoph Porzingis uh, doing a nice job in Washington. So it's just, it's, it's, they just haven't been able to get it done. And of course, that's before Leon Rose and Worldwide West got here, but, but, you know, you're right. That's what you expected. And they trade Cam Reddish. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not, it has not been what you thought it would be for this Nick, for this Nick team. Now, on the other hand, Joe Leo's Brooklyn Nets had a little streak going until they ran into the Boston Celtics tonight to stop their four-game winning streak. Boston's really good. (laughs) They're such a good team. They're playing really well. You know, and and when you consider all the distractions they had with the Udoka situation and all the craziness there and who's going to take over and what's happening and all this other stuff, I mean – for them to be in the situation they've been, they've they played, they haven't missed a beat. And they are they're a very tough basketball team. Very tough basketball team. Now, I don't know, you know, you sit back and you wait and you wonder what's gonna be that next Nets situation that's gonna, you know, cause them to fall or whatnot. But, you know, listen, there's no there's no question that talent-wise, if they are able to keep their guys on the court, they're a team that's going to be able to win some games for you. Even here in the East. I mean, they're 13-12, and 8-5 and five at home. They've had injuries. They've had, you know, the whole Kyrie situation and whatever. And, yes, they're going to have to try to do something at the trade deadline to beef up up front. But, I mean... Not a bad team. They're a team that could do some damage. A little shocking to see Seth Curry uh, play 14 minutes, only get one shot tonight. That was strange. Uh, Joe Harris is playing himself into shape. You're seeing that a little bit better. Their their starters are playing a lot of minutes. They play a lot of minutes tonight. But Durant, once again, missed efficient. 13 to 24, 31 points in 40 minutes. (laughs) He's just so good. Claxton, 14 rebounds, had nine points in 38 minutes. O'Neal, who's done a nice job for them, six points in 41 minutes. Uh, Joe Harris, I mentioned five of 10, three of five from three, 13 points in 36 minutes. Kyrie, seven of 21, 18 points in 40 minutes. But it's it's you know it's what you need is what you need from that bench, and and some physicalness from the bench. That's that's where they need to. Um, that's where they need to to get some help. Okay, because once you get to the postseason and the physical nature gets turned up a notch, that's where they may have some trouble. But, you know, nevertheless, um, they're right there. Okay, they are right there. So, um, and and the whole situation once again with Simmons when he's healthy and he had started to really play better you started to get some things from you started to get some contributions from him he's he's not going to be a 20 point scorer okay he's consistently it's not his game 
But if he gives you solid defense on the solid defense on the team's best score, the opposition's best score, rebound and passing, some garbage points, you'll take that. That's great. You'll take it. You will run and jump and take it. So that's the you know that's that's the situation that you want to see um, with this Nets team. So we'll see how they you know how they perform over the next couple of games, and um, whether they're able to put uh, you know they had a you know they had a um, you know had a little streak going four game winning streak before they stopped tonight. And um, you know we'll see we'll see if they're able to put a little streak together and, and you know make a run here and do some things. But uh, it, it's it's interesting to see how this team is going to play out, right? It's interesting. It really is. It really is. And for me, the the Ben Simmons is the is the wild card here. All right, because I, you just don't know what you what you're going to get. Okay. You just don't know. Right? I mean, once again, you know, he's got the calf strain, which is why he's he's out. So durability has been an issue for him. But fortunately, it's not the back, which has been scary. So if you're a Nets fan, you just listen, you're just hoping that you can tread water, be okay, see what happens in the deadline, and you're one of the if you put a winning streak talent wise, you're one of the top eight teams in the East. There's no question. Talent wise, there's no question you are. It's just a matter of can Jacques Vaughn get this team rolling in the right direction consistently and have them perform well. And see if uh, you know, the front office can do something and and help them get a banger, somebody physical to help them out up front. That's all they need. You've got Seth Curry. You've got guys that can spread the floor for you. Joe Harris, Seth Curry. You've got guys. They can shoot the three. They're three-point makers, not just three-point takers. They're three-point makers. So you have them. Kyrie, we know we know his game. Tremendous player. Great scorer, great assist guy. Can get to anywhere on the basketball court he wants to go to. Kevin Durant is arguably the best player in the league right now. So you've got the talent there. It's just a matter of the teamwork and the bench play and the injury situation with Ben Simmons. If you can knock all those things out, you're being good. So that's why Joe Leo is recruiting. He says um, there's openings on the net bandwagon if there's some Nick fans who want to, you know, jump over because they just are done, impatient. Well, I can't say impatient because Nick fans are the loyal, most patient fans I know. They just they just keep getting smacked and just hang in there. It's gonna get better, pow! <laughs> it's gonna get better. We got Jalen Brunson. It's gonna get better. And then the other part breaks down. It's it's just so frustrating. It just is. It's really really been frustrating following this team and, and hoping that they are you know able to turn things around and you see consistent success. That's what you're looking for. You're trying to get sustainable success from this franchise. And you just haven't been able to get it. You just have not, have not been able to get it from this team. 
But uh, we'll see what happens over these next 10 games. I'm very curious to see how they perform. Because there are some winnable games over the next 10. Can they make the adjustment? Can they band together? Can they pick up their defense, even in spurts, where they are at least making an effort to defend the three? And once again, I feel like I have to repeat it because you're like, Larry, they won tonight. You're killing them. I'm not. I'm, they won tonight. I'm happy they won tonight. Okay, it's great. They beat a Cleveland Cavalier team that's better than they are. It's great. Great. Happy. Happy. Just when I look and I'm looking at this and I'm seeing all the turnovers. That, I mean, how many turnovers did they have? They, they, they had 20 turnovers at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> you're not supposed to win when you have 20 turnovers. You're not supposed to win. You're not. But they were able to do that. So great. I'm happy. See, I'm smiling. When we return, we'll take you around the National Football League, get you caught up on all the scores for this week. And wrap up this edition of The Drive here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Time to go around the National Football League. We begin in Minnesota. That's where the New York Jets were heading in, trying to improve to eight and four. But it didn't happen. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings win by the score of 27-22. Cousins 21 of 35, 173 yards and a touchdown. Mike White for the Jets, 31 of 57. Mm -hmm. I said 31 of 57. 369 yards and two touchdowns, but the bottom line for the Jets, one of six in the red zone. One of six. Minnesota, three for three. That was the difference in the game. Meanwhile, here at MetLife Stadium, it was the New York football giants against the Washington Commanders. An NFC battle, and the Giants and Commanders play to a 2020 tie. Graham Gano misses a field goal in overtime that could have won it for the Giants. Daniel Jones, 25 of 31, 200 yards and a touchdown. Taylor Heineke for Washington, 27 of 41, 275 yards and two scores. Elsewhere, in the NFL, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Atlanta Falcons, 19-16. Kenny Pickett, 16 of 28, 197 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota, 13 of 24, 167 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Green Bay may be struggling, but not against the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers, 18 of 31, 182 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields, 20 of 25, 254 yards and two touchdowns. Green Bay over Chicago, 28-19. to 19. Aaron Rodgers has had a horrible year. I mean, you look at his numbers. He has been, in a word, awful. He's been awful. Detroit continues to play well. They, they're, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you can finally say things are looking up a little bit. Even the defense played well today. They roll over Jacksonville, 40-14. to 14. Jared Goff. 31 of 41, 340 yards and two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, 17 of 31, 179 yards 
and one touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles continue to roll. They improve to 11 and one. They romp over Tennessee 35 to 10. Jalen Hurts, 29 of 39, 380 yards and three touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee, 14 of 22, 141 yards and a touchdown. Giants play the Eagles next week. The Baltimore Ravens hold on. They lose their quarterback to a knee injury early. Mm-hmm. They did. Tyler Huntley came on in relief of Lamar Jackson. 27 of 32 for Huntley, 187 yards and a touchdown as a matter of, and the interception. He ran for a touchdown. Russell Wilson, I mean, again, what has happened to him? What is going on? 17 of 22, 189 yards. Denver just can't score. Baltimore wins 10-9. Denver now 3-9. All eyes were on Cleveland. That's where Deshaun Watson came back for the first time in two years to play. 12 of 22, 131 yards and an interception, but Cleveland held on to beat Houston by the score of 27 to 14. Kyle Allen for the Texans, 20 of 39, 201 yards, a touchdown and two picks. It was the Seattle Seahawks over the Los Angeles Rams, 27-23. Geno Smith, the former Jet and Giant, 28 of 39, 367 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. John Wolfuck for the Rams, 14 of 26, 178 yards, and two interceptions. Gordon Damer is not going to be in a good mood. The San Francisco 49ers, who lost Jimmy G early in the game in the first quarter to what we found out now later after the game was a broken foot. The Niners roll over the Dolphins 33-17. Brock Purdy, who came on in relief, 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Tua for Miami, 18 of 33, 295 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Miami now 8-4. and four. Kansas City just can't seem to beat Cincinnati. They lost to them in the playoffs last year after a tremendous win and exciting game against the Buffalo Bills, and they lost to them again tonight. It was Cincinnati over Kansas City, 27-24. Joe Burrow, 25 of 31, 286 yards, and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 16 of 27, 223 yards, and a touchdown. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Chargers, 27 to 20. Derek Carr, 16 of 30, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Justin Herbert, 28 of 47, 335 yards, and an interception. In a game that ended moments ago, the Indianapolis Colts, Lost to the Dallas Cowboys, 54-19. Dak Prescott, 20 of 30, 170 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Matt Ryan, 21 of 37, 233 yards, two touchdowns and one, two, three interceptions. So it was a tough night for Matt Ryan playing from behind, had to put the football up. Uh, C.D. Lamb, five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Gallup. Four receptions, 23 yards, and two touchdowns. Pollard, 12 carries, 91 yards for a pair of touchdowns on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott, 
17 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Once again, Cowboys all over the Colts, 54 to 19. And tomorrow night, we'll wrap up this week in the National Football League as the New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to meet Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That wraps up your NFL scoreboard for week 13 on the drive here on 98.7 ESPN. So we've got uh, some interesting games, and it's already time for you to check for you folks who are interested, the opening lines for next week. These are courtesy of my good friends over at Bet Online, who do a nice job in furnishing these in these uh, in these things for me. And these are the early, 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 early. So Thursday night we got the Raiders and the Rams, the over under, forty three points. And uh, right now you've got the Raiders a five and a half favorite over the Rams. For Sunday, Minnesota at Detroit. This is going to be interesting because I will say this: uh, Kirk Cousins was in the ice bath a long time. He took some shots from the Jets' defense today. He was wincing. He was moaning. He took some shots. Just a very physical defensive team. Very physical. Uh, right now, uh, so Minnesota at Dallas, pick them game right now. A little about a point and a quarter. Point and a half, rather. There. We've got Jets uh, at, at Buffalo uh, with an over-under 44 and a half. It's an over-under 52 for Minnesota. you got the Ravens and the Steelers next week. That's going to be interesting now because you don't know what Lamar Jackson's situation is going to be during the week. Uh, as we mentioned, the Eagles are here at MetLife Stadium to face the New York football Giants. Cleveland is at Cincinnati. Jacksonville at Tennessee. The Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys. Miami will be at the Chargers. That game is now a 4 o'clock game. It was flexed a couple of weeks ago, so that will now be a 4 o'clock game. Carolina is at Seattle. Uh, Tampa Bay heads, heads out to Frisco. And um, Kansas City will be at Denver. And the Monday night matchup next week is New England at Arizona. And um, listen, for New England, they need to win every, every game possible because they've got, you know, they've, they've got losses. And so they really, really need to, uh, if they want to continue their shot, at making the playoffs, okay, they really have to get rolling here and see what they can do as far as trying to get into a playoff spot because they, you know, with five, six losses, it's going to be tough for them. It just is. <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. I mean, they, you know, obviously – the situation for them is if they finish in the tie with the Jets, they've got the tiebreaker, but they don't have the tiebreaker for many folks, right? I mean, they're six and six. So I don't, I don't, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding for them. They've, they've got to, they, they're, they're in a situation where they've got to win every game. Bills to the top of the division in the AFC at nine and three, the uh, Dolphins eight and four. Miami has a win over Buffalo, as does the Jets, who are 7-5. and five. So we'll see what happens there. In the AFC North, Ravens and Bengals are 8-4. and four. Browns and Steelers are 5-7. and seven. So you're looking there. You've got Tennessee at 7-5. and five. So your division winners are in. Okay, so right now, Buffalo's in. Uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati are tied. I have to see 
where they are. They both have five and three in the conference, but right now Baltimore is two and zero oh in the division. I don't remember how, what happened when they played each other. I'll check that out for you and see. You got Tennessee seven and five. Nobody else out of the South is going to the playoffs. Uh, out west, you've got Kansas City Chargers six and six, Raiders five and seven, Broncos three and nine. The, the Chargers have an outside shot. Okay, I'm getting there, but but right now you figure that there could be uh, two teams from the AFC East to get to the postseason. Now the Bengals, you know, I, the Bengals have something to say. Once again, you're not sure what happens with the Ravens, and the Ravens beat the Jets earlier this season, so they have the advantage there. All right, so it's interesting to see what goes on there. In the NFC, obviously, still you've got for the for the NFC East, everybody's over five hundred. Eagles eleven and one. Dallas now uh ten and three. Not nine and three, rather. Dallas nine and three. You got the Giants seven, seven, four, and one, and you got Washington seven, five, and one. Minnesota ten and two in the NFC North. They're the only team going to postseason there. There's no the, the South winner is going to be the only team that makes the postseason. And they're all the whole division's under five hundred. Buccaneers five and six, Falcons five and eight, Carolina and the Saints are four and eight. So just the winners coming out there. Out west, that's it's, 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 it's interesting. Got the Niners at eight and four. Seattle seven and five. Arizona and the, the Rams are out. So uh, it's it's fascinating to see how this playoff race is going to go down as we get, uh, you know, much closer. But that's why for the locals, okay, you have to win games now. This is where defense and running game, having a solid defense and a great running game helps you make the postseason. This is where this is where it gets this is where the rubber meets the road. If you want to be a playoff team, it's about executing, it's about not turning the football over, it's about winning games. On the road and at home, you have to win games, you have to. If you want to make the postseason. And both New York teams have a shot. I, I can't believe we're saying that on December 4th. <laughs> I can't believe it. Both New York teams have a shot. They do. Now, you know, obviously, um, it's not going to be easy. Okay? It's not. But we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Next five games for the Jets at Buffalo, home for Detroit, home for Jacksonville, at Seattle, at Miami. So they've got five games left. If they can go three and two over those five games, they've got 10 wins. Detroit's going to be tough. They should be able to beat Detroit at home. That's a winnable game. Jacksonville at home on the 22nd of December. Winnable game. At Seattle on New Year's Day. Facing their former quarterback. 
and Geno Smith. That's a winnable game. I know it's on the road. I get it. I get it. It's a long way to go to Seattle. I get it. That's still a winnable game for the Jets. That is a winnable game. They should be able to get that done. They really should be. That wraps up this edition of The Drive here on 9870 ESPN. We thank you for joining us. Chantel, Joe, Jacob, thank you very much for your technical expertise and help making this show roll. We'll see you tomorrow night. Following the Ranger game, Gordon Damer and I will have ESPN New York tonight. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN.